0: Ladies <laughs> of
1: Savior, Glory you!
0: in Excellency,
1: Great Old Saint
2: it you Richard? That was me, um, I'm quite, uh, I do all the bits there, I'm quite big on the uh, Gregorian chant circuit. Um, look, sorry listeners, we are trying out new intro music and um, look, yeah look, that, I don't think that's it, I think that's going to make the final cut, do you? We'll talk about it later. Yeah, look, hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast where we tear down, pressure test and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm Richard, Our esteemed uh, normal host, uh, James Clear, is actually in Tokyo covering the Tokyo Motor Show. He's in downtown Kyoto, so uh, downtown Koto, sorry. Um, But we are joined by our Cars Guide editor, Mal. G'day. And this week, J3, whose real name is James, but because we have 12 other Jameses in the office, you're the third, so you're J3. Yep, Good morning. Welcome.
0: James Lyle in full
2: Yep. That's right. Now this week we'll be looking at the Tokyo Motor Show which has just begun. Uh, a couple of concepts have just dropped. Uh, we'll also be having a bit of a meltdown about a Ferrari powered 1932 Ford hot rod that's for sale in the US. I've just, dri- driven, I've just driven the Kia Stinger and I'm about to make an apology uh, for what I said about it before I drove it. And finally Oxford. The city is planning to ban diesel and petrol cars by the year 2020. And J3, according to him, has a, and I'll quote, a plan that will totally destroy Oxford Not Council. completely. Just- has J3 turned into a Bond baddie? He's always been a Bond baddie in my mind. But first, Tokyo. Now, as I said, James Clear is on the ground and he's also joined by one of our other very talented writers, Peter Anderson at the Big site venue, covering it all for us. Now, just to remind you out there in podcast land, we are talking to you from the past, future people, from the past. So if something huge drops at uh, the Tokyo Motor Show and we don't cover it, it's just because we can't see into the future. But one thing we do know is uh, a couple of things that Mazda has uh, revealed. Uh, It's the Mazda Kai concept and also the Mazda Vision concept. Mal, your thoughts?
0: Cool. Well, these have arrived a couple of hours before the show actually starts, so we can tell you a little bit about them. The Mazda Kai previews the 2019 Mazda 3, which has the new Skyactiv-X engine, which uh, combines compression ignition like a diesel, but in a petrol and a supercharger to deliver 30% better fuel economy and 30% more torque. Pretty impressive stuff. But the car. Looks a bit like a smoothened current three, but pretty
2: sexy, like we've come
0: to expect from Mazda.
2: I can't tell the difference. I'm <laughs> looking at them and I feel like it's the same car. It Between doesn't... the
0: Vision concept and the Kai or? No, the current chi, three, and the Kai the
2: the and, the, the and, the, and the current Mazda three. Okay. They look like the same car. I feel like it's the, uh, the Emperor's new clothes they're playing with us here. J3's nodding
1: his yeah, head. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it looks like a next gen Mazda three with some small design exaggerations which they're just going to end up toning back anyway but uh from the front three quarter i think it looks amazing but you know from the back i think that's straight up like say it lenon cupra mm. leon cupra Bit of I'm not sure how to pronounce that it's alpha it's Alfa Spanish. Alfa brera
2: going on there as well it does yeah. have a nice bottom and, and those haunches are quite nice but i seriously i don't think it's a,
1: a you know a, a way out concept like we're used to seeing That vision concept is there. The vision concept, though, that is great. I love the look of that. Um, Richard said earlier that it does look like an Aston Martin a bit. I was thinking Mm. it looks like an Aston Martin Lagonda ready for the streets in like 2030. I think it looks great. Yeah. I reckon it looks better than Aston's Lagonda concept. Yeah.
2: But the thing is, Aston's been making Aston's for a long time. Uh, Why is it that (laughs) Mazda is uh, putting out concepts which look like uh, an Aston Martin from 2012? You know what's what's going on there. Well, Anybody? Aston Martins
0: cost half a million dollars, and Mazdas cost about a tenth that.
2: That's true. That's true. Look, we are obviously going to be covering more of the Tokyo Motor Show. There's going to be a whole lot of things coming out. I, I think the tagline is beyond beyond the motor is the name of the show. sounds like a crap um, Mad Max it, sequel. <laughs> it does. Um, James cleary has gone there to disprove that. He believes it's not going to be beyond the motor. It's going to be just the motor. Um, it's going to be the motor car. Um, it's it's Tokyo trying to be clever.
0: If I they'd said beyond the engine, I'd get it. But beyond yeah. the motor? Like oh, yes. what? We're going to
2: have, have pedals? Well, especially as a motor is an electric uh, exactly. thing. Exactly. So... Anyway, yes, yes, we will see in the future. We Perhaps will in the future. We'll talk about it on the next podcast. Maybe we will. Now, coming up next, something completely different uh, on a, on on many levels is a a nineteen thirty two hot rod, uh, which doesn't have a traditional hot rod
1: power plant it's got a now you wrote the story j3 yes it it is a 2.9 litre or three litre some people are a bit sketchy on that uh i'm gonna go 2.9 litre ferrari v8 sourced from a uh lancia tamer it's Thamer, I don't really know how to pronounce it, but from some of the videos I've seen, it's pronounced Tamer. So, Lancia Tamer 8.32. Now, that was a Ferrari engine BMW M5 rival of sorts in the mid to late 80s.
0: Which I believe was front-wheel drive. Was it? Yeah, I think it's a Saab 9000 under the skin. Yeah, they shared the same
1: Mm -hmm. uh, platform. Same with the... Alpha 164. That's it. There you go. So, uh, some guy over in the States has shoved this. um, I wouldn't say under the hood, because there isn't really much... There. It's an old hot rod. It's just kind of sitting out there in the open for everyone to go, what the hell Mm, is that? mm. But also, the thing about this is it's got two turbochargers nestled right next to the headlights too. So the power output is sitting around seven hundred and eight kilowatts, which in horsepower I believe is I'm just going through it now. Uh nine hundred and fifty. That's so going through an old sketchy, what, nineteen thirties chassis, that's Mm. a Bit of a handful.
2: Look, I mean, look, hot rodding is sort of my background. The, the, f- the hot rods and especially the 32 Jazzy's, um, they are quite strong, uh, and they're no stranger to you know, ridiculous power going through them. Mm-hmm. What what sacrilege to me, and what is burning my eye sockets is that this is a Ferrari engine. In, in a 32 Ford, uh, traditionally, um, hot rodding would have like an 8BA flathead in there or a newer power plant. Um, God, look, if you were to put an LS1 in there, that would be enough to make me start throwing up in my mouth. Um, a Ferrari engine, it's, and, and it's all wrong. Those mm. wheels are wrong. Those slicks on there are, yep. are completely out of place. The independent rear suspension, all of it, all of it is just not in the ethos of hot rodding. Uh, it's a showcase. And as we saw, none of those components are hooked up. There's no prop shaft. There's no. – what is it?
1: And how much is it? Uh, Two hundred. It's currently listed in the States. So this is uh, US dollars, not Australian. $250,000. And it is a bit of an eyesore. It's not – because you can't obviously see, you're listening to us. But it mm. isn't, say, a low-down slung hot rod that's nice and cool. Mm. It's propped up on slicks. Mm. It's big old Ferrari red. It's got a hideous Ferrari badge on the side. Mm. The main radio has been ripped out and replaced by two intercoolers, which aren't connected to anything. Whether this is for, like, for display purposes or security purposes, we don't really know <laughs> just yet. But um, it isn't... Uh, a <laughs> It's not pleasing to the eye. It's a bit of a grub from my perspective. It's a total grub. And yeah. you don't have to be like a hot-rodding enthusiast to see say, to say that. It's disgusting.
0: So how do you feel about the Ferrari Engine 86 of Ryan Turk? Different
1: story? Different different yeah. story completely. That's yeah. cool. I think that's all right. That's yeah. fine. But this is sacrilege. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is <laughs> blasphemy. Because the thing is with hot-rodding, Richard, <laughs> you love... You're it's, obsessed it's, with it's them. It's my right? thing. I, yeah. They're not really my thing, but I kind of get the gist where there's two categories... There's the one where you immaculately detail it to be original and just a homage to the best of the 1930s or whatever you're into. Absolutely. Yeah. Or it's like a middle finger to society with yeah. the rat rods, which yeah. is just a big, yeah. disgusting, yeah. rusty V8 yeah. sucking up squirrels yeah. on the highway and just blowing them out the exhaust.
2: And there's a third as well. There's street rodding as well. And the street rodders are people like my father-in-law who bulletproof their cars with you know, big block engines and billet wheels and stuff like that and XR8 Falcon seats yeah. because they travel all over the country and they mm. want to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, so, But for this, yeah. this is a classic example of somebody who knows n- n- nothing and they're spending everything. It's yeah, just ridiculous.
1: You go now? And selling
0: it before they finish it. Yes. Yeah.
1: Because I was thinking it's not really a let's do it for the hell of it type project because let's do it for the hell of it type projects don't cost $250. And it's not really a...
0: Mm, They can, this one did.
1: Oh, it's not a... Who's going to buy it though? Anyway, we'll see. That's how much can $250,000 get you in the States, but... Exactly. Look, it's...
2: I hope I hope the person who buys it completely pulls it apart, does something else with it. By the way, that is not a real thirty two four body either. It's a fiberglass body. So Yeah, and it's, you guys it's just a heap of junk, the whole thing. It's a mess. Now, look, we'd love love to talk about this forever, uh, but we've got to move along. Kia Stinger. Now um, dear listeners, I don't know if you remember, but I certainly do. A couple of weeks ago, I said some pretty bad things about the Kia Stinger, and I hadn't and, even driven pr- and it And very
1: proudly, you did.
2: Proudly, I called it the Kia Stinker. I hadn't even driven it. Um, and oh, look, I've got to be honest. I was upset. Um, Holden and Ford had, you know, were were closing down, and we were losing our rear-wheel drive, you know, Falcons and Commodores, and and here comes along a, you know, a rear-wheel drive Kia. Hoping to take the place, like you know, a stepdad you don't want. You got very emotional. And I got emotional. And you didn't mean it. And I and I and I shot it down before I even drove it. <laughs> I'm gonna eat my hat and some humble pie, and I'm gonna say I've just driven it, and it's bloody good. Um, I haven't driven the the six cylinder, the V6. I've just been driving the two-liter four, and I've got to say, Mal, that's an awesome car. It's very good.
0: So you've driven the absolute base, base. model mm. with the vinyl yep. seats yep. and the yep. four-cylinder yep. engine, yep. which is capable of six seconds zero to hundred, yep. apparently. Yep. And that's turned you.
2: It's. <laughs> I haven't even driven the V. Fantastic. Haven't driven the V six yet, and I am. I. I. I think that car is so taut, it's so stiff, it rides so well, it steers so well. Um, Look, I've got to be honest, I haven't taken it on my repeatable test road loop, which I take all my test cars on, but I've got to say, initial impressions are that it's a very good car. Um, Now, you've driven all of them, Mal. what, What do you think?
0: I think it's pretty sweet. Mm. I love the fact that it's a five-door hatch. No Falcon mm. on Commodore has ever been a five-door hatch, which mm. pretty much gives you the practicality of a wagon uh, or some SUVs. Mm. It looks great. It's not particularly cheap. Your base model, $46,000 with a vinyl interior and no AEB.
2: That's a lot of dough, isn't it? No AEB. Yeah. Yeah, right. Do you get AEB on the V6, stepping up to that? Once you go oh, up to the great. SI, you get an AEB and okay.
0: actual leather.
2: Yeah, and so 46, that is a bit. I mean, you could get a Commodore Evoke, a or, you know, what were they at the end called? $35,000 or something like that, 32 yep. So, hmm. yeah, 46 is a big ass. Now, J3, you haven't driven it.
1: Um, no, but I. Um, but you've I, got an opinion. Yeah. Right yeah I hand- Who would have thought? <laughs> I, I didn't have an opinion about it, like, I, I, about the style of But now I guess, you do. <laughs> but, you know, you guys talking about it, I'm starting to water at the mouth. Um, <laughs> but I do have some questions about it because uh, Commodores and Falcons, like, they used to do... Like, they drove huge distances comfortably. Not, like, with a... M- You know how a Mercedes E-Class will do the exact same thing, but when an E-Class does that hauling trip, it's just the driver and his wallet and a water bottle. When a Commodore or Falcon does it, it's... Filled to the brim. <laughs> no with generalizations no, here. Just his wallet it, and his water bottle. It's filled it's to the brim it. with, like, uh, say, a summer holiday Christmas trip mm. to another state up to Queensland or something. Mm. The boot will be packed full of stuff, suitcases, bags, pillows, blankets. The rear suspension will be collapsed. There'll be kids in the back. There's Macca's rubbish everywhere. There's nugget sauce rubbed into the seats. Someone's puked, and the adults up front, <laughs> mum and dad, are just not having the time of their lives either so i'm thinking because you guys have driven this car how is the stinger going to handle under those circumstances in the next three to four years I think very well. That boot's amazing.
0: I don't really care. Yeah, it does the <laughs> job. And what we all need to understand here is that Kia wasn't trying to make a Commodore or a Falcon. It's just a coincidence that it's arrived at the same time as is it know, the mouth? extinction of ours. Is it, its it? Is it? It is indeed. Really? What they were trying to build was a cheaper equivalent to the RDA5 Sportback. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. And the BMW 4 Series Grand Coupe. Yeah, right. That's what they were targeting.
2: And it does feel like that.
0: I mean, the Kia's getting... It's a it's a Genesis G seventy, so mm. it's it's a premium product. Yeah. Uh, you know, Genesis being Hyundai's kind of Lexus equivalent, uh, premium product at Kia pricing, with a five door hatch, with a bigger back seat than the G seventy, and it looks pretty sweet. Uh, you just got to get past the Kia badge, but uh,
2: that Kia you know. badge is a, that is a stinker. It's too simple. It needs <laughs> to be refined. I've said that all along. Yeah, they could um, do with some
0: graphic design. I think. Yeah,
2: get one of one of our guys down there. One up for them. Um, look, again, we could talk Kia all day, but I, I would like to make a uh, formal apology. Um, I should drive <laughs> cars before I slag them off, and um, I do have to say sorry that, the from initial impressions, this is a damn good car. Finally, Oxford, known for its university, its colleges. This um, is Oxford in the UK. Oxford in the Oxford, UK, not Tasmania. the shop. And not the, sh- or the one that's, uh, or the other Oxford. I'm not sure there is one in Tasmania, but we are talking about the <laughs> we one are, in are we're talking the one in in the United Kingdom, famous for Inspector in Morse and Inspector universities. Morse, uh, those you know, stand up boat things. Yes, no, that's Cambridge. Uh, down oh no, Cambridge. Got- they've got uh, well, yeah, they've got a river. <laughs> anyway, River Rocks. Um, they're about to
0: be famous for... They're about to
2: be famous for ruining everything. Um, yes, that's right. Oxford Council has announced that by the year 2020, which is only
1: you know two years away now,
2: they're going to ban, ban, outlaw diesel and petrol cars from entering the city. Vehicles,
1: that's including buses. Everything.
2: Yep. Now, now
0: they're calling it Oxford City. Yes. That's a debate under itself. <laughs> that's right. That's like, uh, yeah. Oxford's largely a big pedestrian zone.
2: It is. It's one big mall, really, with a university. Museum. Yeah.
0: So there's not that many streets to ban cars from.
2: No, already you can't drive down a lot of them. Um, so it's not going to be hard. But at the same time, will this be a domino effect? Are we going to be banning cars left, right and centre from cities all over the world? Will Oxford be the first? J3, now you're, you've got a plan to totally destroy Oxford Council.
1: Oh, not quite. <laughs> have you got <laughs> <That's> a missile <laughs> launching from a mountain? <laughs> Are you? But... I'm fully, okay, with this whole turning to electric cars thing, I'm totally 100% for it. I mean, I think for a uh, long-term change, I think it's beneficial in many ways, but I just, okay, here we go. So with this change, okay, um, the the whole benefit to it is for environmental sustainability. So the problem with electric cars is that they're only environmentally friendly if this, if the electricity that they run on is sourced from new, renewable sources like wind, solar, or hydroelectric, or whatnot, if they just uh, if the electricity gets sourced from like coal burning or whatnot, it isn't just it isn't very beneficial. It's just shifting the emissions from burning petrol to burning coal. It's not really a solution. Mm. So I've looked up where um, Oxford gets its electricity from, and through the Oxford sustainability index provided by the Oxfordshire council of 2016 they've given us a nice little graph here graph here showing all little aspects about their town renewable energy energy efi- efficiency air quality land quality so the lowest ranking thing out of 100% is renewable energy sourced from down uh, sourced at 20% I think it is so most of their electricity that these electric cars will be running on is just going to be sourced from, you the know... Bad places. Yeah, the bad corporations who want to destroy the world. This could change in four years. It could, yes. But and it's, beyond four years. But from... Uh, I think the government or governments or councils should upgrade the infrastructure first to support the changes before they're implemented. Um, say if Sydney did the exact same thing here. Because once... This Oxford thing happens. Everybody else is going to want to catch yeah. on soon after. We won't be able to drive cars anywhere. Oh, we can't do it in Sydney because it's gridlocked all the way up. That's, anyway, that's for a different reason, though. Hang on, we're just coming up with our reason for banning <laughs> <laughs>
2: petrol and diesel vehicles. Yep. Can you? Th- I mean, can you? For- can you really see? Because I mean, I know that Germany has been throwing around the idea of you know, you know, banning diesel cars and petrol cars. I mean, is this Paris? really going to happen? Are we all going to go to electric vehicles?
0: Eventually, it's an argument we can have all day long. Um, Oxford's probably a pretty easy starting place, though, given the changes are pretty minimal to how they already run things. Um, but you know, there is a whiff of the announcement making for one hell of a great uh, press release headline. More than mm. anything,
2: look on that very quiet note. I mean, look, we are we're car journalists, and it is we are we're seeing a very big change to our industry. Not only are we seeing autonomous vehicles, um, which could possibly do us out of a job um, in twenty years' time, we're also seeing the banning of vehicles altogether. And you know, like companies like Ford are calling themselves, you know, not no longer car you know manufacturers, but you know, m- mobility solution providers. Like, what the hell is that? Is that yeah, um, you know, they're getting into car sharing, and you know, Tesla's you know dis, you know has been a big um, you know disruptor in in the scene as well uh, and i think a lot of following following tesla's lead yeah i've got nothing against electric cars at all i think they're fantastic especially if they look as good and they're and they're as high powered as tesla's um but um i think banning petrol and diesel vehicles immediately um i think that would cause massive massive problems to the industry and i think as well there's there's still a lot of people who are enthusiasts people who you know Love their 5-litre V8 Mustang or, you know, I've got a 1951 Ford, which I love to drive. I barely yeah. drive it. You may have um, heard about it. You may have heard about it. You may have seen it. And now I mean, yes, but <laughs> the, I think that if you are going to ban um, petrol and diesel vehicles, then we need to also ban air conditioners, fridges. Cows. Cows. Cows, yeah. They emit uh, carbon emissions as well. Uh, Sheep. We need to, yeah, humans. You know, look, look at look at our... <laughs> Mexican foot, food. Our footprint in Mexican food. That's right. Right. Well, look, on that note... We'll Let's look we'll, at the big picture. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And this is the thing. Look, the, the percentage, right, contribution that, that cars contribute to um, greenhouse emissions... Civilian cars, civilian like Civilian cars. And, yeah. Um, and even if you want to bring in industry as well, um, the percentage is still a fraction of what heating and cooling... Um,
1: refrigeration,
2: cows, um, cows, cows, banned mm. cows. Oxford. I believe
1: agriculture uh, provides, more not provides, but spews out seventy percent of the greenhouse gases out of all the industries combined. So a lot mm, of
0: agriculture yeah. around Oxford too.
2: Mm,
1: around. Mm, mm. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up.
2: Thank you, Mal. Thank you, J3. And thank you, dear listeners, for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show or anything else that's on your mind. Just search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram. Use the hashtag, hashtag CGpodcast, or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Flick us an audio file. We'll try and get you on the show. Remember, to sub- Remember to subscribe, and please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Finally, Thank you very much to our studio producer, James Marston, and I hope you can join us next time.